Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. So good morning once again. Naeem here. And uh, man, we are excited that you are with us. I am. I mean, I would love for you to be in person here, and I miss seeing you. I do. You get to see me. I don't get to see you. This is not good. It's a one-way relationship. It's just, I just feel like I'm giving more than you are. Anyways, but hey, I'm just, uh, I'm just looking forward to the day that we are all back together again. Uh, if you are not one of us, as in like you've never been at Mosaic and you just don't feel like one of us, hey, I just want to say you are one of us. If you're joining in, tuning in, we're excited that you're part of our community right now and we'd love to see you one day in person shortly. So we're in a series called I Feel, and uh, man, we were talking about all the feelings that we're feeling right now, because if there was ever a time in history, the, the world is all up in their feelings. It is this time in history. This is crazy. 2020 has come with a vengeance. This is unique, unique to say the least. So what are you feeling these days, right? And, and what, is, what are you supposed to do with them? And where is God, where is God in all of that? So this series, is, it's been about that. It's about how we've lear- we're learning that God actually allows us to feel all the feelings. In fact, Jesus uh, understands our all feelings. In Hebrews, we kicked this off like a couple of weeks ago. In Hebrews, it talks about how, how, God, uh, you know, how God understands our weaknesses because he faced them, it says, as, as the same testing that we do. He's faced all of those, and yet he did not sin. And then it says this, so let us boldly go to the throne of our gracious God, for there we'll receive mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it the most. This was our like, kickoff point a couple of weeks ago in Hebrews chapter 4, because what we've seen, though, is in the last couple of weeks is that God gives us permission not, not just to feel all the feelings, uh, but he also gives us the courage to confront them and the pro- power to process them. So we've been talking about them. We talked about being lost last week. We talked about being overwhelmed. And this morning, I want to talk about the feeling of being grateful. Yes, I said it. Being grateful. I know some of you guys are like, you know what? Thank you for saying that because I kind of feel grateful and guilty at the same time. Like I'm, I'm living my best life right now. Things are going great. I feel grateful. And maybe you're in that moment. You're watching this, listening to this. Maybe you're uh, somewhere doing something. And in this moment right now, you're actually feeling grateful. And that's good. It's a good feeling. But I know some of us are going, what? in the world are you talking about? I mean, I can relate to feeling lost, overwhelmed, but being grateful, feeling grateful, bro, it's not happening right now. This is not happening. I mean, I mean, I, I know what you're thinking. I mean, I mean you're thinking, name, look around. What world are you looking, or what look, world are you looking at, uh, living in? Because, I mean, just uh, look around, right? Look around. Look at the numbers. Look at the, the, the things that are happening. Look at the unrest, the injustice. Look at uh, the, just the, the, the hate, 
that language that's, that's all around us. Look at the anxiety in our society. I mean, look at all the things, man. The numbers are not going down. I mean, uh, they're going up or they're staying steady. And, and how long are we going to be in this uh, quarantine? I mean, in North Carolina. And then if you're in parts of different parts of the world, I mean, you're facing your own stuff. And I get it. It is extremely hard right now these days to feel grateful. But I know there's some of you who feel grateful. And if you're like me and you feel grateful, you see something that other people are going, what are you seeing that we're not seeing? Because I see God moving in the midst of us. I see beautiful things happening even though that there's all kinds of nonsense happening and all kinds of hurtful things happening, all kinds of uh, uh, discouraging things happening. I see something else. I think that's the deal. It's like, uh, it, that's, the, uh, that's, that's really the um, secret of being uh, grateful, isn't it? It's the art of seeing the invisible. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about that because some of you are feeling it, and I want to say it's good for you to feel grateful. And for others of us, um, we need to cultivate gratefulness. And maybe, just maybe, my hope is, just maybe, you'll get to see something. At the end of this conversation, you get to see something that you might not have seen before. You know, so many times... Um, um, you know, we always are trying to uh, find what we're looking for. I mean, we've heard that phrase before. But I really feel that what we look for what we want to find. We actually look for what we want to find. And for so often, I think even like when uh, you've heard uh, talks about uh, gratefulness and, and, um, or talks about what it come means to follow Jesus and be joyful, sometimes what we do is we, we are taught or we learn how to really... Um, we, we learn how to see what we've always seen before instead of learning how to actually see. Like learning actually to look and learning to look at what we do not see. So that's my hope. I know it seems like, what are you, it, dude, I just, I don't know. I don't know about this. So would you do this? Would you just bear with me? Let me pray for us. We're going to jump into a, a New Testament story in Luke chapter 17. So as you're getting, uh, getting ready, go scrolling or getting your Bible or, or just doing what, you, what you're doing, uh, getting ready for this, let me pray for us because I get it. I get it. I mean, for some of us, you're like, man, I don't want to hear this. And you're about to just shut this off. And you're like, ah, I like you, but I don't like this idea of feeling grateful because I don't see it. I get it. Let me just pray. All right. Lord God, we thank you. Um, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you are not just um, with us. Uh, it's not that you've left us, God. You are in us. So how could you abandon us? Uh, God, there's no moment in our lives that you are not with us. And so, God, I know it's, sometimes it's so hard for us to see. It's so hard for us to understand. But, God, I pray that you would. You would do something, God, in this moment, in the life of my friends right now, the ones who are feeling grateful, I, I thank them uh, for just being uh, not guilty, feeling guilty, but uh, allowing themselves to shine, God. And for others of us who are maybe struggling of seeing anything good that's happening. Maybe we're stuck in despair. Maybe we're going down a path. Maybe we're becoming someone we don't want to be. God, would you allow us to see something that we're not seeing um, today? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So Luke chapter 17, we'll start with verse 11. It's a story. It starts off, it says, As Jesus continued uh, on towards Jerusalem, he reached a border between Galilee and Samaria. 
So Galilee and Samaria, just so you know context, you got Jewish people and you got half Jews, okay, mixed, mixed breed kind of Samarians. Samaritan people were not ones that uh, Jewish people liked. If you know, if you read the Bible before, you kind of know the idea there. So he says that's where he was. When he, as he was there, verse 12 says, as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. So there are lepers who stood at a distance because they were supposed to do that. Leprosy was a big deal back there. Uh, obviously, it's a big deal now, but there would be uh, people who would be quarantined, and these people were like not allowed to touch people, not allowed to hug. And, I mean, I mean, talk about masks required. I mean, they were they were required to not even be close. I mean, not just six feet difference uh, uh, distance, but more than that. So from a distance, from a distance, okay, okay, they were operating in social distancing. Okay, these lepers stood at a distance and they did this, crying out. Verse thirteen says, "Crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us." He looked at them and said, okay, now he's, he's looking at them. They're far off. And he goes, go, go show yourself to the priest. And that's it. That's all he said. And go show yourself to the priest. Now, why did he do that? Now, back in the day, priests and doctors were kind of like the same people. Um, it actually started off that medicine and religious uh, uh, groups and religion was actually combined. And in fact, it's a, it's a modern day thing where it's actually been moved towards science and faith and they seem to be enemies before they were actually best friends. And so the, the, he's saying, okay, I want you to make sure that you actually go to the doctor to confirm that you're actually cured. And that was what that was uh, a priest. Now, the Samaritan guy didn't even have a priest, by the way, because they were not really Jewish people. Right? But he just says to them, he screams, shouts out, you know, from a distance, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, so these guys take off, they go, and I don't know how long it took them for, go, for them to go, are you serious? I mean, I thought you were supposed to do something. Can we get closer? Can we talk to you about this? You were all unique. We are 10 of us. He's got this issue. She, you know, we've got this issue. I mean, come on, let's just talk about this. No, he just says, go, 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 do your thing. Okay, show yourself to the priest. What happens? Well, um, uh, as they went, they were cleansed of the leprosy. So as they're walking towards what God told them to do, they actually experience healing. Leprosy is being cleansed. I mean, how miraculous is this? I mean, just to think, if you've been struggling with leprosy, if you have, if, if you remember the time that you actually were asked to leave your house and leave your family and be quarantined somewhere else, not being able to see them, and it's not been like weeks or something like that. No, it's been years or maybe for life. You have received healing. I mean, obviously, you're caught up in it. You're like, are you kidding me right now? What's, what is happening? What is happening? I can't believe we're, we're, we haven't even gone, gotten to the priest, and this is happening. I mean, these guys are excited. There's a whole lot of emotions, a whole lot of feelings going on. Got it. We got that, right? But then the story says, in verse 15, it says that one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was being, he was healed, he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. Now, no longer six feet apart distancing. That's not happening. That went out the window, right? He is now at Jesus' feet thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan, okay? Period. Now, it said that. This man was a Samaritan. It seems like the scriptures want to make sure to tell us this guy was not a Jewish guy. Remember, he was in the he he got to the point of where uh, Galilee and Samarian, uh, he, where Jewish people and Samaritans lived. No, no, no. Just want you to know that it was not the Jewish guys. It was one of them who happened to be a Samaritan, 
who had this epiphany of like in the middle of his moment, in the middle of his miracle, in the middle of like, he was like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing uh, myself being healed. He goes, hold up, hold up. I need to leave and I need to go do something. And he goes back and what does he do? All he does is he falls at Jesus' feet and he says this, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Right? Verse 17. So in what is Jesus' response here? Jesus Ask this. So he looks up at him, looks down at him, looks up, and he says something which is very ironic. I'm not quite sure who was there with him. Maybe the people who saw Jesus or was there when he shouted out, Hey guys, go tell, show yourself to the priest. Maybe his disciples and maybe some more people, maybe family of the lepers. I'm not quite sure. Obviously, there's a lot of people there. I don't know who he said this for. It seems like he said it for me and you. He said this, he says, didn't, didn't I heal 10 men? He said, I'm pretty sure they were far off, but I'm sure it wasn't one, it was 10 guys. Didn't I heal 10 guys? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Again, he's making a big deal about this, the Samaritan. He's a foreigner. Have you, by the way, um, side note, have you noticed uh, and if you haven't, notice this. Read, the, read every time Jesus um, like, uh, you know, praises someone's faith. It's always a foreigner. It's always a foreigner. It's the strangest thing. He's like he's making a point to, to let everybody know that, you know, if you tr continue to treat, like you treat people as foreigners, I don't. Which is a, a lesson and a sermon to, to in itself. But... He says, no one has returned. No one has returned. And then Jesus said to the man, then he says, stand up, stand up and go. And then he says this, your faith has healed you. Now, let's stop right there. You, what do you mean your faith? He is what? Samaritan. Faith in who? Your faith in, I don't even know if you believe. Your, your faith has healed you. It seemed like Jesus can, took the word faith and he said that, that your action, your gratitude, what you have done, you're not just b believing a certain thing or being a part of a heritage or being Jewish or having history. No, no, what you have done because you've experienced uh, healing, what you have done out of faith is healing you or has healed you. What's going on here? Well, this is a great passage about feeling gratitude and what we're supposed to do and what it means to be grateful in the midst of everything that's going on here right here uh, what is jesus doing jesus is saying this gratitude matters it matters so much he makes a big deal about it i wonder if you and i in this moment right now are we able to be honest and say you know what i think i'm i don't know if i'm one of the nine I don't know if I'm one of the, I don't know if I'm the, I'm the guy. I'm not quite sure. So here's, here's a couple of thoughts, right? A couple of thoughts. Number one, I think what Jesus is saying is unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. And it's, it's true. We know this. In, in, when it comes to this, it's not the thought that counts. 
If you ask the other lepers, they're like, hey, are you excited? Are you, uh, oh my gosh. If you went to interview them, hey, 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 what's going on? They might have talked about their healing. They're excited. They want to go visit family. They might have storied, made an Instagram post. Oh my gosh, healed. Hey, living the life, the non-leprosy life. I'm not quite sure what they did over there, but there's only one guy who came back and expressed it. And he kind of knew, the, the, he knew that you have to say you are thankful and you're grateful to build gratitude in your life. I think that's so important for us. And we intuitively know this. We do. Parents, you know this. You so know this. It happened to me again. Recently, I was talking to a mom and her kid. I, 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 um, I said something nice to the kid. I complimented her dress. And her mom's like, oh, no, what do you say? What do you say? And she was like, oh, oh my. she was like in shock. Like I liked her dress. She was like, and I'm wearing this jewelry and, and look at my shoes. And the mom was like, yeah, that's cute. Okay, but what do you say? What do you say? And I'm looking at her face. It is so hilarious. I'm looking at the mom's face, by the way. And I'm acknowledging the little girl. And she's so excited. Like, oh my gosh, someone noticed me. And I'm like, I'm like, you're so pretty. I'm like, yeah, yes. what's going on? And what you're wearing? This is a cool outfit, all that. And the mom is stuck on, what do you say? She keeps on, keeps on saying it. And you know why? What is she saying? She's saying, you got to say, what do you say? The answer is what? Thank you. You got to say thank you. You got to close the deal. You got to, you got to, if you, if it's not said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In fact, I've been, uh, I've been in conversations with parents and maybe you've experienced this too, or you're, you are the parent. You've done this because I think I've done this too as a parent uh, early on. Um, it's like, um, I remember once this one uh, lady, she, she, the, the kid was like not getting it. She's like, like it was failing the test. I mean, this kid was like, uh, what? I got nothing. There was a little, uh, little boy. And he was like, uh, the mom was like, what do you say? What do you say? And he was like, uh, uh, I'm hungry. I mean, I don't know. What, what, what do you want me to say? Like, what do you want me to say? And I, I, I could have sworn the mom actually pretended to be the kid and said, thank you. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're welcome. I think I've sometimes let parents off the hook by just saying welcome. Like, I somehow heard it. Why do we do this as parents? Someone says something nice to your kid and the kid has, or gives them something, you go, what do you say? Because unexpressed gratitude is what? Ingratitude. And it seems like grateful people know this. It seems like Jesus understands this. Also, being grateful is really the art of knowing how to compare and compete well. I mean, we all compare and compete, and I don't think you can ever remove that, but there's an art to that. And I think grateful people understand what they really need to focus on and what they really need to see. Even in these, with, the, with this story and even with our lives, have you noticed that your despair and disappointment, your frustration in life, your anxiety in life, your, your, just like your, your dissatisfaction in life is actually connected to um, who you're comparing yourself to and who you're really competing with? It is true, isn't it? But grateful people have, an, have a way to just really compare themselves to the right kind, uh, to have right com- kind of uh, comparisons. Let me explain this way. So I've been, uh, last week I mentioned that I was watching Star Trek. Uh, yes, in Next Generation. And uh, man, I got some fans. I got some guys who are like, man, I'm so proud of you. One guy literally told me that he respected me more. I'm not quite sure why, but I mean, I watch that to distract myself and whatever and all that. But sometimes I do also, you know, um, 
do some uh, productive things. I mean, not that Star Trek is not productive. It is profoundly productive, but you know what I'm talking about. I've used COVID to do some things and actually watched documentaries as well. And they're kind of like, I'm just soaking up all kinds of information. In fact, I was starting to, uh, in the last, like trying to read a book every month. And so it's been good. It's been really great. I've been on track right now, but I was watching this documentary I've been watching all kinds of documentaries from ta tacos, like the American taco or the original tacos to, I don't know, all kinds of shows. Anywho, anywho, I was watching a documentary on Hussein Bolt. Have you watched that? Oh my goodness. Come on. Give me a break. Eight time. I mean, eight gold medals, Olympic gold medals, has the world record in the 100, 200 and the 400 meter relay. Come on. Are you kidding me? Okay, so much talent, so much talent. I mean, the, I mean, I don't even know, you know, it's like he's got so much stuff. I mean, I don't even know if he needs to be grateful. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like I got everything going. He, was, he had so much going for him. And still, I mean, he holds these records. Wow. But I was, I was watching the documentary. I found out something, or I was actually reminded about something that I've seen in many documentaries when, I, uh, when it comes to elite athletes and people who are like really high performers in their field. They have an art. They know how to compare themselves to their own potential and how to compete with their own potential. And even in this one, I mean, they, they, they just know what it means um, to know who they are and be grateful of not how far they've come, uh, like not, not, how, not, not where they are, but how far they've come. Like they, they kind of know this. And it seems like grateful people are always working on being grateful. Grateful people are always working on being grateful. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, and even, again, it's, 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 it's um, man, it's, it's all, it seems to be the, the thing with grateful people. They, they're, they're always looking at the place where they've come from. And they're always uh, acknowledging the people who brought them there. Like, they, it seems like grateful people have this, this, uh, this, this, this sense or belief this, um, that they've got to go back to go forward. Like, they got to go back and think. They got to go back and acknowledge to move forward. It's like the, the one guy, one Samaritan. He was like, before I go and celebrate with my wife, before I go and tell my kids, hey, I'm dad's back, before I, celebrate, before I do anything, let me just do this. I want to go back and thank the guy who's actually given me a future. It seems like grateful people understand their past so much. They're not fighting it. They're not running away from it. They acknowledge it. They appreciate it in a, in, in a sense. And then they move forward in life. And that's that's, that's gratitude, isn't it? That's the secret of seeing things that seem to be invisible. Where are we when it comes to this? I think also grateful people, um, they understand that, that um, when, when we live in despair, we live in disappointment, we live in dissatisfaction in our lives, and we become ungrateful people, it actually blinds us. It blinds us. It's like leprosy of the soul, leprosy of the, uh, of the eyes. It blinds us to, number one, to see our true blessings, all the things that God has allowed us to, to experience and all the things that God people have done, and even this moment. It, it blinds us to our blessings, and, and it blinds us to other people's burdens too. Because I don't know about you, but ungrateful people, when I am ungrateful, when there are moments in my life I am so ungrateful, I do not have the ability and I do not have the time or the capacity to see other people's problems. I just don't have time for them. 
It's like, I'm done, I'm over it, I'm not here for this. I'm here to you feeling and fixing my issues. Like, as soon as I get satisfied, as soon as, you know, I'm good, then everybody else is good. So strange, isn't it? But grateful people understand that. It seems like Jesus is like, hey, 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 I need you to make sure you cultivate uh, gratefulness. I need you to make sure that with this, if you're not feeling grateful, there's, there, there, there's an art to it. If you are feeling grateful, you need to more, I mean, you need to cultivate that because you need to keep working on it. Because what happens, right? P- grateful people uh, become people, uh, or ungrateful people uh, b- become people. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I've done this, and we, 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 we're people sometimes, and we're in a, in a, stake of, a state of perpetual um, discontentment. Like a perpetual discontentment. Uh, I don't know about you. Sometimes I get short-tempered. Um, I don't have peace in those moments. I'm usually, I'm rarely at rest in those moments and in seasons of my life. I'm always frustrated and fearful. Uh, I'm impatient. I'm on edge. If you ever felt that way, and uh, man, it just, it just, I, I just don't see the beauty and the wonder of anything. Nature, friendships, family. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. And, and what's interesting too is, 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 is if you allow uh, ingratitude to take a hold of us, um, we just end up, in fact, like just missing the mark in so many ways. Uh, Tim Keller, uh, he's a theologian. He says this. He says, ingratitude is a, fun, is a fundamental and ra- rather than a superficial sin. He calls it sin. He says it's a fundamental sin, not a superficial sin. He says, it is part and parcel of pride and self-centeredness, a deep denial of how dependent we are on God and on others. If we are not grateful, it's because we don't think we owe anyone anything. Have you been there? Can you relate? Does this thing a little bit? Uh, It does. It does. But you and I know this, right? You and I know this. I mean, if you buy someone lunch, regardless how you buy it, or if you even have your coupon, they don't say thank you. You're like, really? Uh, come on. Really? You don't say thank you? Where was your mom? You know? Like, you, you understand this. We become different kinds of people. And then our deep con- discontentment, here's, here's what happens. Our deep con- dis- discontentment becomes like these turn into like numbing distractions. Numbing distractions. Like, uh, you're dissatisfied, you're in despair, nothing's working out, and because you're comparing yourself, you're being, uh, oh, well, well, how come she is not, and how come he does not? How, why is it that they're really killing it as a parent, and why is their marriage so amazing, and why is the, uh, she getting a raise, and why are they thriving through this, and, and why am I getting sick, and they're not getting sick, and they're, why are they're not uh, having to have to deal with all these difficult issues? Why is it easier for her to homeschool and not me? And why is it, well, I mean, I get it. I get it. It's easy to compare. I, friends, I get that. And that deep discontentment will end up or will lead you and me to create numbing distractions. I'm going to numb myself. It could be drinking. It could be overeating. It could be watching stuff you don't need to watch. It could be just doing whatever. You just want to distract yourself. You're not where you want to be, so you distract yourself. And what happens? When you distract yourself long enough, you create unintentionally, you create unwanted detours in your life. Detours. What, do you, what does that mean? You take a detour in your life, and you didn't even know you were doing that. And then what happens is you become the person you never wanted to be. And then, you're, and, then, and then you regret because you wake up one day and you go, I, uh, I, I can't believe I, 
and this person. And what happens? You start the cycle all over again. So if you don't feel um, grateful this morning, I get it. I feel you. I get it. Hey, let me just tell you right now, okay? Lean in here. Lean in here. Let me just tell you something. This whole thing, COVID, the world right now, this, all the situations, I don't know your situation, but I can tell you right now, it sucks. I said it. It royally sucks. This is the worst. There's nothing, there's no good spin to this. I get it. I see how bad this is. I see that. But I also see God moving. I also see God working. I also see that I do not want to become an ungrateful person. I just don't want to become that. You don't want to become that because your ungratefulness will lead to what? Lead you to become a very different kind of person. A person who's continually discouraged and in despair, continually negative. So you can't be, uh, <laughs> I mean, people who are negative or people who are realists, they're not grateful people. I mean, again, grateful people are working on being grateful. Okay, so let's get an answer. Let's get, uh, what's the answer, right? What's the solution? What's the solution? So the past couple of weeks I've been talking about the, like a sacred practice or a sacred place, a space. Uh, this morning I want to propose a sacred prayer a sacred prayer that I want you to pray. And in fact, I want you to actually pray like this for the rest of the, of the month, and I want, to, I want you to do it daily. I'm just telling you right now. I want you to, to have this daily practice, and I know you can do it. You're like, no, no, you, there's no way. I know you can do this because it is like maybe 60 seconds. It could be done in 30 seconds, maybe even 15, okay, if you're an overachiever, okay? Okay, it's, it's, a, it's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. Let me, let me tell you why I believe it's just a prayer, okay? Phil, uh, Philippians 4, 6, 7 says this. It gives us the answer right now. It says, do not be anxious. That means anxious, disappointed, discontentment, d despair. D don't be all of those things, negative emotions. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but, but, and here's how he gives us the solution. He says, but here's how you do it. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, right, by prayer and petition, so he talks about this idea of prayer and like putting yourself out there. He says, with, with, and here's the key, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Friends, this is so potent, so powerful. This is the answer of cultivating a grateful heart right here. He, what he's saying is, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. You, you, like when you, when you pray, he's not saying just pray about it. He's not saying this. He's not giving you the Christian answer. Just pray about it, girl. Just pray about it. I'll just pray for you. I'll just pray about it. Lift it up in prayer. Put it in prayer. Soak it in prayer. No, no, no. We're not doing anything. No, no, no. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, what he's saying is, you need to, you need to start not with repentance, which most of us do, when we have a conversation with God, we're like, I'm so sorry, or we start, because we've been told, this is how you come to God, you repent first, which is, again, this is a different topic, but I, I'm totally against that, that's not even the way, okay, okay, 
But anyways, he says, starts with adoration. Start with thanksgiving. Start with appreciation. He says, by what? He said, with thanksgiving. Even the scriptures in other places, even the Psalms remind us again and again and again. Enter his courts. Enter his throne. Enter his presence. Start the relationship. And with what? Praise, with thank you. Could you imagine what would happen in your prayer life if you just started with thank you? And what would happen if you actually just ended it there? You're like, what? Yeah. What if you just believed for a second God knew exactly what you needed and exactly what you're going through and all the possibilities of outcome? He knew everything. You don't have to explain to him. He doesn't need a PowerPoint presentation. He doesn't need a chart. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need all these things. He doesn't need a hype man. He doesn't be a, come on, come on, come on, let's do this. He doesn't need any of that. All he needs is a thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for all the see, things I see, the good and the bad. And thank you especially for all the things I don't see, all the things you're doing on my behalf. That takes 15 seconds. Let me tell you how I do this, and I practice this. This is, this is if, if there's one thing I do in the midst of all the crap going on, Man, and I've told you guys this before. And if you don't know, I, I, wa- I mean, I, I take walks. I take walks at night. And sometimes all I've, I've, I just do is, is I listen to worship music or I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a book or I'm listening to parts of scripture or, or and I'm just doing my thing. And, and sometimes you just don't know, like, okay, I'm supposed to read. I'm supposed to pray about this stuff and I'm supposed to repent about this and I'm supposed to do this and I'm, all that. There are moments I just stop as I'm walking I look up, and I have a particular place in my neighborhood that I go to. I look up, and, uh, and I look for a star, or I look for a, uh, the moon. And sometimes I'm just looking up in the sky, and I just say this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. And in those 15 seconds, God does something in me, reminds me there is a spirit, there, there, is, there, is, a, there is a peace, there is a sense, there is an energy, whatever you want to call it, that comes over me at times that I can't explain. In fact, Philippians verse 7 says it, right? He says this. He explains what I feel sometimes. He says, and this peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That means this piece, because I have started with thank you, and maybe even ended with thank you, it transcends all understanding, all the things we perceive, see, have the ability to notice, all those things. And then it what does what? It guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. So here's my challenge. Let's do this. You, don't, uh, you do have time for it. I mean, you got, six, you got 15 seconds. You just need a sincere 15 seconds. You just need to look up, and you might not even need to mouth them. You, your heart might just need to say it. God, thank you. It is... It is a, it's a very uh, vulnerable practice, by the way. 
But that's, what a r- that's when you enter into a real relationship with this God who loves you. Thank you. My prayers are usually just thank you because you already know what I'm feeling. You already know what I'm thinking. You already know what I'm worried about. You already know what I'm going to say. But here's something that I get to do, like the leper got to do. Did those nine feel, feel grateful? Of course they did. Did he know what he, they wanted? Of course. Did, did, did God knew exactly how they needed healing and what parts of their body and how much the leprosy had taken over? I mean, were, were certain parts grown back? Grown back because leprosy does that. It, it removes parts of your body. Were there all their parts grown back? I mean, I don't even, God knew all of that. But the one thing that the leper did and the one thing he just wanted to highlight here was God wanted us to give us the power to respond. And the response was not, hey, thank you because I deserve this. Thank you because I earned this. Thank you because, you know, you knew. No, no, no. It was just, hey, just thank you. What if you did this? I'll tell you what. For some of us, you don't do this. Um, if, you, if you do this, it'll change your life. But others of us, I think it'll change your prayer life. It'll change your prayer life. So if, here's my challenge. Let's do this for 60 seconds and, and, and. If you want to take it, if you're up for a better, bigger challenge, here's what you need to do. The bigger, better challenge is this. Do it as a family. Do it as a couple. And especially do it as yourself. So as a couple, all you got to do is just sit there. You don't have an old like, okay, we're going to lead in prayer and all. Just sit together and say, we're just going to thank. God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. I think for some of us, we've stopped praying. You know this. Come on, you know this. You've stopped praying as a couple. You stopped praying as a family. And this, this, this kind of prayer is so e- simple. Simple. Not just, not, it's easy too, but it's simple. But if you just sit around and get the kids together and go, hey, hey, guys, hey, we're just going to do this for 15 seconds. Guys, it'll change your family's dynamic. We've done this. Ash and I do this. It'll change your marriage. You don't have to pretend like you're this amazing spiritual person and all that. This is how you do it. Men and women, let's do this. We can do this. Because it'll change the game for you. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to pray that you would have the courage to say thank you because I think you have things to be grateful for. You don't see them. I get that. I get that. But there are things that you need to be grateful for. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for um, allowing me to see how you work, allowing me to see how um, you've moved in my life all these years. Thank you for allowing me to see even now what you're doing in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of so many complications, thank you. Thank you. But God, also thank you for all the things I don't see you doing in my life. And I know there are so many things that you're doing and I, I don't see them. And uh, I, I, if I can do one thing right, I just want to appreciate you. I, I just want to be thankful and grateful. God, I'm not the most consistent. I'm not the most obedient. I'm not the most spiritual. I'm not the most holy. I'm not the most... I, but, uh, but right now, I just want to say, 
I can be the most grateful. I can do that. So I choose to do that this morning. Because I know the gratitude will shape my heart, it will shape my mind, and your peace that transcends all understanding will be in the midst of my problems, in the midst of my dilemma, in the midst of every situation, and it would remove despair and anxiousness. So I pray that. I pray that for my friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.